Hey, welcome to the Africa Podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today's episode is entitled Future of Design. It is a part of our series, Radical Futures, that we are doing with Tasmeem Doha 2022. We have four people on the panel today, two from the collective Design Earth, Rania Ghassan and Al-Hadi Jazairi. And then on the other side, we have Foundland's collectives, Ghalia Sarakbi and Lauren Alexander. This conversation is really fun. It is chalk-filled with tons of rich information. I hope you enjoy it. And if you want to take a look at the conversation, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash And while you're there, hit subscribe. Why not? Hope you enjoy the conversation. This series is part of a uh, series that we are very proud to be doing with the team at VCU Qatar in run-up to the Tasmeem conference. So I will pass it over to Basma Hamdu, one of the co-directors, to tell you about that. Thanks, Mikey. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Basma Hamdi, and I am one of the four co-directors of Tasmeem Doha 2022 Radical Futures. On behalf of my co-directors, Dr. Daniil Emmons, Dr. Diane Durr, and Maisa Al-Mu'min, I would like to express how honored and excited we are for this collaboration with Afikra. Together, we have designed a series of conversations leading up to Tasmeem in March. Some of these topics included the future of decolonization, the future of education, the future of the Arab image, so go back and go back and watch these episodes, which are available online, and watch out for our new episodes coming up on the future of language, the future of typography, the future of food, among others. We are honored and excited to be joined by two of the leading duos in design in the Manasa region, Rania Rosten and Ilhadi Al-Jazairi from Design Earth and Ghalia Sirakbi and Lauren Alexander from Foundland. Um, a bit about Tasmeem. Tasmeem Doha is an international Biennale art and design conference hosted and organized by VCU Arts Qatar since 2004. Each edition of Tasmeem Doha highlights a unique and contemporary theme within art and design, exploring novel concepts, methods, and applications, and engaging in critical discussions. The event is open to the public with attendees and participants consisting of international designers, artists, academics, students, industry professionals, and the local community. The 2022 conference, Radical Futures, addresses the role of design in shaping the future. Tasmeem Doha 2022 Radical Futures is an inclusive and multifaceted view of the future, one that not only speculates on technological advancements, but on future threats and changes, whether environmental, geographical, cultural, or social. Now more than ever, we must ask pertinent questions, raise critical dialogues, and respond with clarity. Thank you. Okay, great. So welcome everybody for this live recording of our uh, conversation with the Tasmeem series, Radical Futures. This conversation is about the future of design. I'm honored to have four uh, leading figures from the world of design. Um, the first two are from the collective Design Earth. Rania Ghassan is a Associate Professor of Architecture and Urbanism at uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT as well as Al-Hadi Jazairi is an Associate Professor of Architecture and the Director of the Master of Urban Design at the University of Michigan. Together, they are founding partners of the practice Design Earth. Welcome, everybody. And then on the Foundland, Foundland Collective, Ghalia Al-Sarakbi, um, is based or was was based in the Netherlands until 2014 before relocating to Cairo, Egypt, where she teaches at the American University. After completing a master's in design at the Sandberg Institute, Amsterdam, she followed her research postgraduate. Um, she followed a research postgraduate at uh, Jan Vijk Van Eyck Academy in Holland, I believe. Uh, Lauren Alexander 
lives and works in Amsterdam. After completing a master's in design at the Sandberg Institute Amsterdam, she pursued an MFA at the Dutch Art Institute in Anheim, I want to say. She tutors in graphic design, uh, bachelor and master's programs of the Royal Academy of Arts in The Hague, as well as at the University of Underground Master Program at the Sandberg Institute. Welcome everybody to this conversation. So we are five people on this panel. So there's going to be a lot of uh, unmuting and muting and interrupting. So uh, please bear with us, uh, audience members out there in the world. So I'll try my best at asking uh, questions directly to folks. But let's start start with the title of this conversation: the future of design. What a lofty question um, that is. So let's uh, start. At least I'll go in the in the order that I read the bios. So Rani, I'm going to ask you uh, for a, a direct question. Do you describe yourself as a designer? Okay, it's a good thing I have my coffee nearby. This is not starting in any kind of progressive way. A future yeah. design and uh, well, the practice is called design earth. So yeah. we've uh, coined and accepted and practiced our work as designers. And in that engaged kind of an expanded agency of design that reaches out to scales that are typically across uh, various disciplinary divisions. So across urbanism, landscape, uh, engineering, regional planning, to kind of aspire to think of the earth as a site and a concern for design. So some of this is um, fueled by various disciplinary trainings. I'm personally kind of a geographer by training, an architect, and I have a degree, a doctorate of design, so I might as well accept it as a broader yeah. umbrella without much necessarily disciplinary feuds that go into that. So uh, I would not necessarily defend kind of a degree on a kind of an exclusivity ground. I think it's the same premises as the podcast one that is open, inclusive, but it's a useful discipline from which for us to think of these concerns and for various reasons. And I'm happy, happy to go into that in, in details if, if, if you would like me yeah. to. Yeah, well, let me let me bring in uh, Ghalia and Lauren. Um, I'm curious, the reason why I want to talk about this uh, is because when we chose Foundland and Design Earth, uh, as folks we wanted to have on this uh, this panel, I realized that when I looked into the work that both of uh, both duos are doing, I wouldn't necessarily have described them as, oh, this is what design looks like. And that, as I said before the call, probably says more about me than it does about the work and sort of my own limitations. But internally, Lauren and Aralia, are you both thinking about you're thinking about your work within the sort of broader umbrella as design work, quote, quote, design work. Um, should I start, Lauren? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Lauren, interrupt Ghalia. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, it, it depends how, what, what do you think of what design means nowadays? I think if you, if a closer observation of what's really happened to the pro design practice in the last 15 years and if you look about what kind of design projects designers produce and are, what kind of topics uh, designers uh, are involved in, um, we see um, a huge developments uh, in the design practice. So we, we are designers, uh, we are trained as graphic designers, so just to put this um, side note. Yeah. Um, but we we've been we belong to the generation that we believe that designers could be also uh, involved in knowledge generate in generating knowledge not only uh, concerned with form and aesthetics of um, whatever 
projects we are working on. So we we kind of like followed that path that uh, we are uh, des design should be uh, open, multidisciplinary, um, should be also like um, considering other practices, um, other collaboration, new collaborations, and also new uh, expand the horizon for the practice, as, as I might say. I don't know, sure. Lauren. Lauren, do you agree? Yeah. yeah, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's difficult for, for Rally and I to really uh, separate ourselves uh, in, in some senses from the practice of design, because both of us are very much involved with uh, designing design curriculums uh, at, at different schools. I'm sitting inside my school right now at the Royal Academy of Arts, and uh, Radia is also teaching at the American University in the, in the or, or leading also the graphic design department. So I think the things that we, we think about also in designing programs for for students where let's say the palette that we have is you know media typography uh, storytelling etc um is something that we also those are the tools that we we use and i think we still um are quite active in using even if our practice is somewhat dislocated from a traditional uh, design practice but yeah i would agree with australia in, in the in the sense that we also um are now thinking of of teaching curriculum that can support the idea of designers who want to work independently for the purpose of their own research uh, projects or uh, for the purpose of generating uh, knowledge within the field that is not necessarily uh, only related to design practice or servicing clients, but also connects to other fields beyond the design practice. So I want to start with uh, Design Earth. If we can talk about some of the, the more recent projects that um, have just come out. In particular, I want to talk a little bit about GeoStories a book that I believe just was just published, if I have that right. Well, the third edition will be published in 2022. It's, uh, it was first published in 2018. So this type of project, um, if you can just, Elhadi, maybe I'll, I'll have you jump in. If you can just give a, um, a brief overview of where the idea of this project started. Yeah, Miki, uh, <clears throat> absolutely. I'd like to say that uh, for us, uh, design is, is uh, you know, as a kind of uh, framework for our work, design is, is key. But, you know, design earth is, uh, uh, first of all, the intersection of design and, you know, global issues and climate issues in particular. And trying to find, you know, how we could through disciplinary frameworks, uh, think about the climate challenges ahead. Uh, you know, through urban design, through architecture, landscape architecture, how can we, you know, find the tools to address the global issues as they relate to uh, climate change? Mm -hmm. And and these uh, do not exist at the moment. Uh, you know, the you know the ten lines uh, of Juan Busquets in urban designs are probably uh, not enough to be able to address you know sea level rise or, or you know exceptional earthquakes or you know, temperature changes. So for us, the beginning, the starting point was uh, to, uh, to start to uh, think about, you know, how can design, you know, think about some of these issues. And the beginning of the project uh, needs to be connected with uh, an earlier project, which is New Geographies. Mm. So New Geographies is the, the, the uh, publication that uh, was uh, 
fund, uh, founded at the GSD by seven uh, doctoral students, and Rania and I were two of the seven students. And the goals of that publication was to st start to address, you know, some of the the key issues of uh, addressing global global issues through, uh, you know, through disciplinary frameworks and ways to maybe reform, ways to re reorient, uh, you know, these discussions uh, using, you know, current concerns. Yeah. So, so maybe I would just add yeah, on to the this title in particular that I mean it stems from the belief and the practice that the crisis of the climate that we're currently living in is not only a crisis of the physical environment, although that's very significant, present, experienced, lived um, unevenly, but still so. But it's also a crisis of uh, the cultural environment of the various systems of representations through which we've come to imagine, represent, narrate the earth. Yeah. So such stories in particular of technological systems, uh, be they energy, trash, are often addressed in managerial terms. And what we're proposing is that there is a capacity for the design project in this case, through its various forms of representations, but also in assemblies and public space to begin to um, address uh, and the tool for this book is speculative narratives, is the modality of yeah. uh, narrating uh, the persistent risks of technology through a kind of a forward looking that thinks of both how we've come here, but how can we think of other possible words? And that takes form in the kind of architectural uh, drawing. Um, and there's a series of 14. So this is not the kind of a definitive one a story, but kind of various short stories, maybe short projects to begin yeah. to maybe ask the questions rather than necessarily provide the answers on what are the issues, what are the tropes uh, that could be redefined or thought of differently. Well, that's what struck me about this project. And I really think what strikes me about your work is that, and I'll, I'll harken back to a previous guest on one of the Radical Futures uh, podcasts that we've had in the past, Dana Abdullah, who suggested that um, the the, str the struggle with education, the way ed uh, design is taught, is that it's focusing on just teaching solutions. Um, and in fact, it's manufacturing these robots who just uh, uh, create the same solutions over and over and over again. Um, and that is creating a disservice for the world. And in fact, we need to teach uh, teach folks how to start identifying the, the problems worth solving. Um, absolutely, and, absolutely. Go ahead. Yes. Is yeah, that yeah. is that kind of what you're you're trying to get at with with uh, your broader work, which is let's take a, a a step back before we decide to start prescribing solutions and get to the fact that we're we may be looking at all the wrong problems. Yes, absolutely. I think geography or the Earth or Gaia was in the background for many years. So we're thinking about you know, construction, technology, modernization, growth, development. And Gaia was always sitting in the, in the background, really, you know, very passive uh, mm -hmm. background. And Isabel Stengers talks about the intrusion of Gaia. Suddenly, for those of us Ga who don't know, what is Gaia? Uh, Gaia is the earth, is the goddess of the earth, is a mm. mythological figure that is um, uh, sort of talking about uh, the earth. And, and suddenly the earth, and coming with a, a particular crisis, uh, intrudes into our everyday lives, but also into our disciplines. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about climate change. We have yeah. to talk about uh, the impossible uh, limitless growth. Uh, and, and this is when we shift the stories, when we shift to geo stories, when it is the stories about the earth, because it's about our finitude within this uh, framework of um, uh, climate uh, threats. Yeah, so, and I think in our kind of maybe politics of citation, because geo stories is, is kind of a keyword that uh, the French philosopher Bruno Latour uses in, in one of his work. And I think what you were pointing to in terms of pedagogy um, is inspired also by a similar invitation to a shift from what he calls matters of fact to matters of concern. And I think later feminist thinkers would take it to become matters of care, that we move things from kind of clearly formulated uh, problems that have their immediate solutions to begin to think of them as issues that beg uh, scales, formalities of response to eventually not only presenting them as cognitive matters to be related to certain kind of in a cerebral way, but as um, things we begin to relate to, care about, feel invested in and act on. So I think there's a shift in the way that the project is articulated from across these domains. And we've clearly, I mean, we've seen a couple of images, one uh, drawings, the previous one from a project called Of Oil and Ice, uh, which in the scale of thinking about the earth thinks of questions of what we think of as scarcity in one domain and has the imperative of desalination, say in the Gulf mm. countries, with kind of an overabundance of melting in other parts of the world, maybe specifically in uh, continents such as Antarctica, who, although kind of ruled by a series of, uh, you know, clearly divided into a pie by international organization, lack a clear voice, a clear representation. So I think the term representation comes to matter both in its political and an aesthetic domain, both as kind of a sense of voice, a political assembly, but also a question of visibility uh, in aesthetic domain. So, so that's a kind of a, a short story in uh, a series of frames that tracks the crack and melting of one iceberg from Antarctica, where it's towed into uh, the UAE, melted into kind of a reserve of fresh water. And as science fiction-y as that story sounds, it actually departs from an actual episode that happened in the 70s at an academic conference that happened at Iowa State University at an initiative by a Saudi entrepreneur actually exploring the possibility of towing icebergs at cost less than that of desalination with increasing costs of energy and kind of environmental externalities. So it's a way of somehow twisting stories that otherwise might be separated to begin to speak of all of them, rather than kind of narrowly framing onto one uh, specific geography. Yeah. In your classrooms, all of you are educators. And I used to be an educator. I think about this a lot. In your classrooms, um, how do incoming freshmen or 18-year-olds or 20-year-olds or 19-year-olds uh, who are interested in studying design, how do they interact with uh, this sort of broader definition of, of what design maybe or maybe should be yeah no I, th I think it's a it's a it's a good one because I do think that students are are um, exposed to so much and see so much especially on social media um, that that actually um, I don't think that sort of 
looking at the images that are produced through the projects that we that we are making, I don't think that it's particularly uh, jarring for them that uh, design might not look like uh, advertising, for example, because this is uh, maybe what could be the preconception. Um, but at the same time, I do think that, um, well, something we're constantly thinking about is also how to explain the behind the scenes story of the project itself and to clearly communicate what the research is that goes into this. Um, to have, a, um, yeah, to not uh, sort of judge only on imagery, but also search a little bit further for the story behind that, let's say, because I think uh, there's a tendency to kind of like uh, via Instagram, etc., to, to really like uh, just judge purely on the visual aesthetic, but not really read as much, for example, uh, related to, to what uh, the research actually is. Okay, great. I want to ask one last question to both both sides, and uh, I'll ask. I'll start with um, Foundland. Um, when we think about future of design, let's just talk about the future of your collective. I'm curious what you uh, suspect you're going to both be working on um, over the course of the next sort of five years. What are some of the uh, the key problems that you're looking to explore, um, or key sort of solutions that you're looking to etch out? Uh, well, we've been working with each other for 12 years now. So already it's an achievement. I think it's, uh, it's uh, and I think uh, we sometimes describe our collaboration as the real artwork, you know, like as how we two um, kind of um, evolved together, shared things together, and also like worked on um, and traveled together, uh, investigated things together. So I think it's, th this collaboration is, is as, uh, is also like a part uh, of um, it become part of our identity as well. Um, and if you if you observe our work in the last ten years, like uh, the topics that we've been working on and uh, developed, we were very interested in, in the um, events that happened in two thousand eleven, and we were focusing on topics like migration. But for sure, we have a different, I think, focus than. Um, uh, Rania and Alhadi, we, we were really more interested in personal stories. So we, we kind of tackle those big themes by being personal, by telling like individual stories and try to find, um, to design um, um, a way to, to, to collect those stories so they make kind of like to create a different narrative to what, what people actually know about them. At the moment, we are really working on a very exciting project called Real-Time History. It's uh, investigating digital archives related to the um, um, all kind of um, journalistic material coming from Syria that actually documents uh, conflict or um, um, documents um, uh, war crimes. Uh, and we are um, working with an amazing group of people investigating the future of this archive, the meaning of these images. We are trying to uh, create work that um, uh, bring all these kind of perspectives on this material from uh, starting from the image makers, the, uh, uh, the people who collect this material, preserve it. Uh, also, people from the legal entities and human rights activists, how they preserve, how they look at this material, and we're trying yes. to bring all these people together to discuss actually this um, kind of new emerging archives. Very cool. Alhadi Arania, you want to tell us what you're working on right now, what you expect to be working on um, in five, ten years after 
since we're about to solve the global climate price crisis in the next year or so. So there'll be something new to work on. That's a joke, by the way. Some of the works start from something that bothers us in the stomach in the moment itself. And given where the word is, it promises to have many of, of those episodes, as you rightly yeah. said. Uh, a short work, and we're hoping maybe to develop more in relationship to that, is a short fable we've done, kind of a six-minute animation called The Elephant in the Room. It's kind of like a, mm, what yeah. happens if Dr. Seuss continued work on the climate crisis but approached it to kind of an intergenerational, to people from different ages to think about it. We're doing that, but I think we're also, some of that is slowly becoming, as Ghalia maybe pointed, more autobiographic. Um, uh, somehow it seems that <laughs> the challenges of a planet as a whole are sometimes a good hiding spot from challenges that the region and its catastrophes offer us personally, and maybe, yeah. uh, sometimes that hideout fails. So some of the work that we've been thinking of is um, not only the recent collapse of Lebanon, the explosion of 2020, but the broader systemic inequities that have underpinned the system kind of with literally with a few pins for the better half of the last uh, two centuries. So I think it's yeah. slowly becoming <laughs> Um, in like other narratives, I mean, our work is often situated, so it, it takes a place in the world as the basis to tell the story, but maybe often these places were not places that were um, uh, hard for us to digest or think of. They were there at some safe distance. And it just seems that maybe, and I'm not sure we can handle the, the toll of such an operation, but maybe we can, we can see if we can... Uh, uh, address that in a way that makes sense to more than just us in the process. Okay. Thank you to all of you. We just hit the hour. Um, Halia, Lauren, Rania, Al-Hadi, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time and perspective with us. It has been an enriching conversation. And thanks to the Tasmim team. Uh, please go to the Tasmim um, social media and all that other stuff to find out more about the conference, which is going to be in March. And uh, the next one of these uh, events is, I believe, in January. So stay tuned for that. Should be a lot of fun. And this will show up on a podcast feed in a couple of days. So look out for that, too. All right, everybody. Thank Thanks you very so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks. <laughs>